0: Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Fishman. And I'm Paul Wagner. And Paul, I'm a little ticked off today. You couldn't find a study to quote in today's show. Actually,
1: that's true, too, and that's, that's more disappointing. No, I'm ticked <laughs> off about those people who take the fun out of wine. Oh, they ticked me off, too. Yeah, so don't mess with us. Today we're going to start with the, uh, messing with those people, the people who you could basically sum at, uh, sum up as— don't listen to those people. Ironic, since the corollary to that is nobody listens to us. Which is why we can say that about them. i <laughs> also say we've got some listener questions about how to hold your wine class and when to drink Big Reds. Our horrible wine writing stinks with a sense of place. <laughs> and as usual, we will make fun of wine snobs, which gets back to the don't listen to these people. Good. So this comes out of an email I got from a friend a couple of weeks ago after talking about Chardonnay. Uh, on a segment I do for our friends here at Capital Public Radio who are allowing us to use their studios. Today. Nice plug. And, yes, it is a blatant plug. Yeah. yeah, good. So this comes from Jan Sweeney of Sacramento. She said, we were sitting on our couch enjoying our rich buttery Chardonnay, and we were thinking about why are there so many people telling us all the things that we have to do before we could enjoy wine, including not drink rich
0: buttery Chardonnay, and instead drink the wines that are in vogue, whatever they are. Right. She means in vogue as in style, not in vogue the magazine with scratch and sniff panels for uh, I perfume, I s- suspect, right? yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the problem. See, if you enjoy wine, people are going to tell you why you're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. There's somebody out there doing it. <laughs> so, you know, it, in, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a handful of questions and emails from people about these sorts of things of— you know, them telling you why you're not actually enjoying the wine that you're enjoying.
0: Right. What not wh- to do. Or, or even worse, why you shouldn't enjoy it. Right, right, right. What's wrong with you that you like this wine? Those are the people that we are ticked off at, Paul. So, <laughs> Don't get me started, right? I'm Rick. telling you. All right. So, so here's...
1: Here's like just a couple of things where you should not listen to these people. And one of the few times you should listen to us because our advice is good about not listening to these people. That's right. So one of them is, right. of, is, of course, the anti-Chardonnay crowd. And remember, there was a jerk of a psalm that we, from a show a couple of weeks ago. Right. And it was quoted in a major food magazine saying, oak and butter and a Chardonnay is a flaw. Is a flaw. Yeah. 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 He's an idiot. He's an idiot. It's really that simple. If you like it, it's not a flaw. That's to him. Right. It's a wine he doesn't like. It's still not a flaw.
0: Right. A flaw means there's something spoiled in the wine. It's it, it that it, it didn't turn out the way the winemaker wanted it to turn right. out. Right. This wine did. Yes. Yeah. If no, he doesn't like he doesn't that doesn't style. Like that's fine. Some right. people don't like the way Leonard Bernstein c- conducted and other people do doesn't mean it's flawed. People didn't like Leonard Bernstein. Some people didn't. I, I thought he was charming.
1: <laughs> okay. Another one is and and is all those writers that are always trying to teach you to quote unquote talk like a pro. Right.
0: Because that's
1: the only way you can enjoy wine if you know how to talk like a pro.
0: Well, yeah, you have to be—you have to show that you're in the inside circle. You're not one of those regular people who drinks wine. You're— you're special, and that's how to show that you're special is you get to use these clever words that, frankly, most people don't know what they mean, including many of the sommeliers who use them. Yes, there's
1: no reason that you should have to know the lingo to enjoy what we're drinking out of that bottle. It's, that's right. right. That's right. There's the only
0: th- lingo you need to understand is cork. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, open, please. Well, there's another <laughs> point why people shouldn't – they shouldn't be telling you to talk like a, po- a pro is, Paul, you and I are pros – we don't want people talking like we us. We don't want for, anybody you know, talking for like Lord us, that. Lord, that would be they, a disaster. It's just bad for all of them. <laughs> so there's another one. People say, and we we had this one. We've talked about this because this was. We got a couple of questions about this, and we quoted uh, somebody saying, "Don't ask for a wine that's smooth." Right. Remember that was the yes. both the
0: writer and the Psalms right. who said that they didn't know what it means, and they thought people didn't know what they, it meant. Yes, and and in fact, yes, you you would go directly to hell if you asked for a wine that was smooth.
1: I understand that is there's a whole there's a room. It's the <laughs> Just smooth for wine who want hell. Smooth. Yes.
0: Yeah, and of course people know perfectly well what they mean when they say they want a smooth oh, wine. Oh, I know, I know. It's smooth. It's smooth. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and it's not more complicated than that. And if that's what you want, that's what you should ask. That's for. exactly right. They, there's a uh, 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 going down that road, there's also all those people who say, don't ask for a wine that's rich. No, the sommelier is asking for the customer who's rich because that way they'll order the expensive bottles. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but it's the same class, it's the same uh, group of, of kids in
1: that same room in right. hell. Uh, which, which, which is
0: you, ironic because rich is actually a word that is Quite acceptable, even among psalms. To you say, see that in wine descriptors absolutely. from the worst writers, and yet, if you say I want a wine that's rich, the psalm is somehow insulted. Yes, well, you're supposed to you're supposed to like wines that are not smooth or rich. You're supposed to like thin, mean spirited, watery wines, especially the mean spirited ones. That's right. So one one of the more recent
1: ones now, because it, it used to be cool, but it's not anymore, is people who say don't ask for Pinot Grigio.
0: Yes, because they say it's not the
1: cool wine anymore.
0: That's right. That's right. Now that you' finally found a wine you like, you're not allowed to order it because it's not cool
1: right so as and right and that's my friend Jan Sweeney's point is how am I supposed to know when it's in and when it's not in can I just Jan, drink what I want to drink supposed to drink what you want to drink that's exactly right that's right and, and then of course, in that yeah. same category is those people who say don't don't ask for Cabernet
0: right In fact, there are are whole people who sign up for the ABC, anything but Cabernet and Chardonnay, because they're too popular. But they're popular because lots of people drink them. Lots of people drink them because lots of people like them.
1: Popular. So that means... People like something.
0: <laughs> they might be good.
1: Wow.
0: That's... that's. Uh, <laughs> you know what strikes me, Rick, is there's a whole lot of this information you're coming right now that starts with don't. Uh, those, those people. So I got one for all of these people. And the, when it comes to people who tell you not to do something that you already enjoy, don't listen to them. Yeah, that's right. my don't. Don't yeah. listen to other people. Just drink what you like. Right.
1: Right. 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 And, and it re, it's really comes down to that if, and if you're drinking something you like... And somebody tells you there's anything wrong with it, there's something wrong with them. That's right. That's uh, right. Yes. And and, and and that's all we have to say about that.
0: And they say you need to get educated or f- eh. Yeah, you know what? What you need to do it tastes good. You- yeah, it reminds me of Humphrey Bogart's great line that the problem with this world is everybody's a couple of drinks behind, <laughs> and you wonder if those people who are telling you that you shouldn't be drinking, you know, just have a couple glasses and come back and see me in a couple hours, right. and we'll, well see. Well, we are a couple of drinks ahead,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: we're moving on to questions while we while we still can we still can answer them. <laughs> That's right.
1: So uh, this is thank you for listening. This is Ball Talk with Rick and Paul, and it is time to take those questions. And a reminder that you can ask us one or two at or as you'd like, actually, at our website rickandpaulwine.com. That's all one word, Rick and Paul Wine. If you don't happen to be there now, if you are there now, ask us a question. So uh, we actually have a couple questions uh, that fit this theme. Excellent. Yes. Uh, What's the first one? Our first one comes from Lily Harper in Modesto. Good Says, wine country. Again. And it is wine country. It is the wine person at a restaurant we like was telling us we shouldn't drink big reds in summer.
0: Is it's he right? True. I like big reds. It's true because it'll give you. Uh, cramps, stomach cramps, and but then you won't be able to swim to shore. Oh, that, no, wait. That's swimming after you eat. No, so you can have the Big Red, but you have to wait 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes. Yeah, this is an absolutely stupid question. Not um, a stupid question, not a a stupid start, comment. Sorry, stupid comment. Yes. Very good question, right. which is should you be able to drink the wine you want when you want? And right. the answer is yes, you should. Right.
1: There's this, You know, there is this thing, and it's sort of true. We're like that with food we eat, whereas the weather gets hot. We tend to eat lighter Or, or in, when the weather— But, you know, if you're in a restaurant and it's well air-conditioned, or it doesn't matter if it's 95
0: degrees outside and you want a Cabernet or a Big Red, you go ahead and drink it. You know, if somebody's putting tri-tip on the barbecue and they're going to eat outside and Modesto in the evening isn't cold— Uh, and they want to have a glass of red wine with their tri-tip off the barbecue, and if that's what they want to drink, all I can say is, you know what? Pour it, drink it, and enjoy it. Ooh, tri-tip and cab. Ooh, yum. Oh, yeah. Making me hungry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In Modesto. Yeah, that's that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lily is uh, invitations in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, There you go. All right, and this is from Lynette.
1: Next one is from Lynette in Santa Cruz. Uh, I saw a writer for a wine magazine crowing about how you look like a newbie, If you hold the glass by the bowl, he said it's bad etiquette. Okay, I just need to stop right now and say, I already hate this writer. Okay. back back to the question. The question says, and it warms up the wine and leaves fingerprints. (laughs) He also said the proper way is to hold by the stem or the base. My emphasis.
0: Is he right about any of that or is he just one of those snobs you guys hate? Well, here's the best part. He's right about some of it. He's wrong about some of it. And but he's the, really wrong about all of it. But he's really yeah. When you take it all, yeah, yeah. Here he is telling other people how to do it, and one of the things he's telling you do is wrong. <laughs> yes. Right now he is right if your wine is to perfect temperature and you hold the glass by the bowl, chances are your hands going to warm the wine up. Do you care? I'm not sure you care. No, I'm not sure you are, care. You know, are are you getting ready to go swimming? It doesn't matter. Do you do you have sunscreen on your hands? Doesn't matter. But what he says, holding the glass by the base That's and that not the stem, the, right. if you hold it by the base instead of the stem, you are telling everybody in the room and anyone who can see you on television anywhere in the world, you are a Class A fool. Yeah, absolutely. I think the word is tool. <laughs> you are a tool. You don't hold it by the... The that only is, people who do that are people who are desperately trying to seem like they're wine-sophisticated... And they're not. Yes.
1: But there's so much else in here that's horrible. It's <laughs> the, that you'll look like a newbie. Really? Rick, you've looked like a newbie your whole I'm, life. Look, yeah. Look, you know, and, and all kinds of other dumb things. And I'm fine with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but wine isn't about how you'll look. It's not about... It's about enjoying your glass of wine. And right. And also part of...
0: You're going to get... Fingerprints on it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we eating anyway? You know, I mean, if you're using silverware, oh no! how bad are the fingerprints?
1: My wine glass has fingerprints on it. I
0: can't drink my wine. Oh, no. The, that's right. Well, you know why? Because the FBI is tracking this person and they now have. Well, that could be why. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. Yes, that's it, it, it. would explain the, the plastic gloves when. <laughs> there's, oh, it, there's. I
0: this. mean, fingerprints are, are. we eating with our hands? Are those the kind of fingerprints they don't want on the glass? Apparently, there's. There is no bad etiquette. The only bad etiquette, if there were to
1: be etiquette about how to hold your wine glass, is the holding it by the base. Part. Right, the worst, which
0: is the one that this writer recommends. It's The recommends. one single
1: bad thing that is, if there were an etiquette to holding wine glasses, which there's not. Right. That so, oh, Jesus, yeah. Lynette, that's um, that, that that's precious, is what that is. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> precious. All right. We'd love to meet this person. Yes. Can we? Can we? I want, to, I want to hit him with a tri-tip. <laughs> Upside the head <laughs> yes. with a tri-tip. Yeah, getting grease all over him or something. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for questions for now before we get any more violent, and, but we will have more in just a bit. Uh, first up, though, we've got some really horrible wine right Oh, yeah. And you are listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Now I envision this uh, wine writer and this music together. I think it's the same c- kind of foolishness. I can yeah, see a picture of his... I think I got one here yeah, for you yeah, that I think right. will
0: fit. And it fits okay. right in with something I complained about uh, in a previous show, which was persistent. Oh, yes. No, we persistent. don't like persistent. So here yeah. is, <clears throat> and I love this, the description is, a persistent sense of place on the nose. Tangy dark berries and deliciously rich dark fruit and oak spice flavors follow with great length and style and elegant powerhouse. Okay. What is a sense of place on the nose? Well, I think that's when you get a little bit of dirt in your nose. So you can smell the place. You can smell the place. A sense of place on the nose. Persistent. Because that means when you wipe your oh, nose persistent. off, it stays it won't go. there. It, it won't, won't go away. And you keep wiping your nose and it keeps staying. I'm imagining a Winnie the Pooh cartoon where he's trying to rub something off his nose. Like that's a persistent sense of place. And then tangy dark berries.
1: Right. Blueberries? That, that, that's sort of. That's
0: sort of well, raspberries, t- currants. Tangy dark. Well, dark berries dark are berries. actually not tangy. They tend to be more rich. Well, but even if they are tangy, then what kind of berries are there? Blueberries, raspberries, rat- blackberries, boysenberries, those all taste different.
1: Well, and there's tangy dark berries and deliciously rich dark fruit. Right, so those but are the fruit dark isn't berries. it's berries other fruit. fruit,
0: but it's just dark fruit. Okay. So could be, could be plums, could be cherries, could just be some oranges that are in a dark closet. I think that would be dark fruit, too. Okay, well, it is an elegant powerhouse, um,
1: which also seems to be... And oak spice flavors. This oak spice. Don't you put oak spice on... on I put it on my eggs. Yeah, a little bit of... Yeah, this, it's you know, either this chives needs, or oak you know, spice. that needs a little salt and some
0: oak spice. That's, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, I think oak spice has to go into our April 1st... <laughs> um, description. Every year we should do a description of wines that use terms that have no...
1: Yes, build a couple of wines based a, on all of our knucklehead... Uh, the, the, that's right. Okay, the, so yes, what do you have? Right. Well, mine, this is another one of those wineries describing uh, their own product their own so that you will buy it. Okay. Um, and in creating this unique blend, we realized the great potential of our vineyard sources that are unique for their gravelly soils and cooling influences of Pacific breezes. The fruit in this region produces a stylistically lush, aromatic wine with a dense core of fruit and exuberant aromas. They're, they're redundant. The palate is opulent with a har- harmonious balance of fruit, oak, and tannins carrying through the long finish. So here's the first thing. It's a unique blend with a unique sense of... Phrases that everybody uses. So it doesn't really. <laughs> unique. I, I don't think they understand the definition of the word unique. Unique. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's another one of those. You. Every one of those phrases shows up so often. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And have to say that cooling influence of Pacific breezes is not a good thing. But...
0: Well. Yeah, but there's a shocker. I mean, yes, every vineyard, right. any vineyard within a hundred miles of uh, the California. Pacific Ocean has yeah. those. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Fine. Yes. Yeah. And gravelly soils. Yes. Well, certainly that's unusual. Yes. Well, I would say unique. Unique for the gravelly soils and cooling influence. Yeah. So, so apparently there's only one vineyard in California yeah. that has gravelly soils and cooling breezes.
1: I, th- I think it's just they, they don't understand what the definition of unique is. <laughs> I think what they think unique means is common.
0: <laughs> so if you take just out, like everybody else. If
1: you take out unique... It totally defines this. In creating this common blend, <laughs> <laughs> our, we realize that our Venus sources are common for the gravelly sources.
0: That's right. And it's totally perfect. That's
1: right. All right. Yep. Well. Yep. We are pretty common ourselves, and uh, that does lead us to more questions because uh, our questions That's are That's what we do. Our questions are unique.
0: Yes, they are. And, and boy, our answers are unique. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and gravelly, I think, too. But, uh, all
1: right. And the, uh, by the way, if you'd like to ask us a unique and or common question— you can do that at com, which is our website. And if you're there listening to the show now, that is the place. Just click on Send our Send us a question. Yeah, yeah. And we promise not to make fun of you, but we will make fun of whoever else you want us to. <laughs> um, so this one comes from Jonathan in Lodi. He says, what's gravity flow? I mean, some of that is obvious, but what does it do to wine? We were on a winery tour— and they were really proud of it, but they never told us why.
0: You know, doesn't that capture the essence of every great winery tour? Yes, is it they does. They tell you all this stuff in great detail, and they never they tell you all why this it matters. They tech
1: information. That's right. we ferment at That's 78 right. degrees That's for right. seven That's continuous right. days. Always
0: do the malolactic <laughs> during the primary fermentation, yes, so, never yeah. during the secondary. <clears throat> blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. Right, right. Does so, it matter? Well, not really, no. Gravity flow simply means that the winery is built on, on different levels, so they don't have to use mecha- mechanical means, you, primarily a pump, a pump right. to move things from one level to the next. So theoretically, you dump the grapes in the top, and wine comes out the bottom, and all you ever have to do is use gravity Ooh, to help the wine. I want to get one of those contraptions from one to the other. Yeah. So yeah, and and that they're, um, So the two things about that also
1: is that one, that's how wineries used to be built. Always, always before certainly even before because they, you know, they didn't have pumps. Didn't have pumps, right? Yeah. So that's it. You, you, you know, it's just you moved it from place to place with gravity. Yep. The 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 contention is that by using gravity, it's treating the wine more gently. It, pumps it,
0: can bruise the wine right. theoretically.
1: And so, in theory, that is by 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 treating it more gently. It's like stirring a sauce very gently and cooking it over low heat. That more. Flavors and textures and com- complexities will develop. But the thing is, too, these days, you know, some of the pumping mechanisms are so good. Very sophisticated. That, it, that you know, it's, it's, not, it's not that much. Um, but if they want to be proud of it, it's uh, I think they should, they, should. they
0: should give everyone little stickers to wear that say, We're Gravity Flow, but never explain what it means. Yeah. On the other hand, it does—they
1: may be saving some
0: on electricity. Well, you know what they say is a lot of stuff flows downhill. Yes,
1: I like the better image. Is the put the grapes in at the top and wine comes out the bottom? That's, I tell you, I am getting one of those.
0: <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. What else we got? This is from Eleanor in Oklahoma City. Okay, I may think... I say, may I say that we frequently get questions in which I point out that that's wine country. This Oklahoma is not... City is not wine country. Nope. Although I have had a good bottle of wine made in the state of Oklahoma.
1: Well, you know. Uh, uh, it's uh last time I was in Oklahoma City uh which was a couple of years ago uh-huh. um you to get to get to actually buy uh alcohol in a restaurant I had to in in theory join the club join the club yep yep it didn't cost me anything yep but i was
0: I'm it, surprised they let you it's well
1: as soon as they realized who it was, they were said, oh, they no, Sorry, me. I'm yeah. sorry. Foop, I, was out there. I was out there. I was out on the sidewalk. Yep. So this is. So uh, what is the question anyway? Eleanor, sorry, we're we're going to get to it. Does the shape of the bottle mean anything? Does it affect the wine? That's a good question. That's a cool question. Yeah. Yes. First yes. is no, it doesn't in terms of in terms of affecting the wine.
0: It doesn't affect the wine. Yep. No, you no, can no, no, no. put good wine in any number of these different shaped bottles, and it will do just fine. But traditionally, wine bottles have been adopted by different regions as sort of a proprietary statement that this is our kind of wine because it comes in this bottle. And every time one of those wines becomes really famous, people from all over the world say, oh, we'd like to make wine like that, too. So they also put it in those bottles, which is why it kind of means something. But at the same time, there are enough exceptions that there are no rules in general. The tall bottle with the sharp shoulders at the top, very cylindrical, that's called a Bordeaux bottle because that's the way the wines in Bordeaux were bottled. But
1: often, it, often used to also signal is we're serious about this wine. This is expensive.
0: Well, but also for Cabernet and Sauvignon Blanc, which are grapes that are mm-hmm. grown in Bordeaux. Then you've got the slightly bigger around with the slope shoulders that look sort of like a champagne bottle but a little bit smaller. That's a Burgundy bottle. Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and the Burgundy region of France. Then you start getting into all the other stuff. You've got a Hawk bottle in Germany, which is the Which Tulse is not
1: it's a Germany we're talking yeah. That's Riesling. That's not not shaped like a hawk. Right. I'm just
0: saying. I haven't seen any bottles okay. I just, that are I, I haven't just seen to be any specific bottles specific that are like hawks. Never right? mind, go back to explaining. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start getting into some of some wine regions, chateauneuf de Pop has a special little cartouche, a little Which involved. is southern France. Uh, Embossed, no cartouche is actually an embossed symbol on the
1: bottle.
0: No, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, it's a a little embossed figure on the bottle that says shot enough to pop, so you know that's where it came from. And then you've got uh, other regions that use a proprietary color and all the rest. They're all trying in one way or another to say, these, when you buy a bottle that has exactly this packaging, you might expect it's going to taste like other bottles that have the same packaging.
1: Yes. You know what I've always thought though, if you, I, in fact, I thought I'm surprised you thought I, it was. It's well, I have one thought, and I've been thinking. <laughs> and you've
0: been thinking it. it your whole life. If
1: you sit at a at a, at a bar, a nice bar, uh-huh. and and you look at all of the spirits, <laughs> and and look at all of the the different.
0: Right. whiskey bottles and all the right. different scotch bottles. Every single company has its own bottle.
1: And, and if you think about it, if anybody spends any time either in a bar or just drinking spirits, you can think of a, a half a dozen the Tanqueray gin, right? It's a green bottle right. that just absolutely screams out its brand. Right. And, and and I have always wondered
0: why wine doesn't do that. Because people want wine to be traditional. I mean, really, the amazing thing is wine basically comes in two colors of glass.
1: Well, do people want wine to be traditional or do th- wine, wine industry yeah. people want it to be traditional? I don't know. Are, the, are they, I think yeah. that
0: wine industry people are really terrified that if they put their wine in a bottle that doesn't look like all the other bottles, people will think there's something gimmicky about it. And probably true.
1: It's probably true. Um, and and that is that. But I I would like some gimmick to see some gimmicky wine bottles out there just for the fun of it. I mean the labels, you know, the label fight fight maybe isn't quite the right word, but the you know when when sort of you know friendly fun labels that didn't say Chateau something on them all in white. Started to come out. There was a, a large piece of the wine world that was not happy about that because right. the wine was. They were making wine less serious. Right, my friends at Barefoot, of whom I God, wrote a book about. They, God they took, knows. They took, we
0: would really frown on Heaven made forbid wine that, less that it was serious. fun. You know, <laughs> my lord. What are they doing, oh, Lordy? <laughs> oh no! The next thing you know, people are going to smile no, when they think no, about wine. No, no, smiling
1: while you drink wine. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, um, so, Eleanor. So, it's a really good question. Uh, but in in short, for sure, the shape of the bottle doesn't affect the flavor of the wine, right? Um, and I, for one, would like to see a whole bunch of different, weird, cool uh, shaped. Bottles, which I probably never will.
0: It is kind of fun though to look at the different shapes and know a little bit about their history. And you can yeah. get a book that'll tell and, you. And some I'll of tell that. you
1: that too. And we we say this a lot because we are right in this one, which is that one of the great things about wine is that it has such a a, a terrific connection to, to human history. Mm-hmm. There's so <laughs> much involved in the history of wine that goes so deep into just being human for many, many reasons. And, and, you know, the the, the development of civilizations. And so having that historic connection is a nice thing, too. Yeah. I still say I want some quirky bottles. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of quirky, that is us. And that is another round of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Our producer is Matt Passini. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use. If you'd like to ask us a question, don't forget, go to rickandpaulwine.com if you're not already there. And if you are, go ahead and ask us. You can also find us on iTunes. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's you don't have to know anything or do anything right to enjoy wine. And don't listen to anyone who says otherwise. Here, here. I'm Rick Cushman. I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially with us.